Hello there, and welcome to the life of an author. I'm David Patton, and this week, we're going to be talking about focusing your descriptions. This is coming up because I have seen all over the place and heard again and again and again to show, not tell. This is good advice. It's very good advice. The issue I have is that that is the only advice that's given. People will say to show and not tell, but they never really go into what that entails. How do you show instead of tell? What does it really mean? So this episode is going to be breaking out the difference between showing versus telling. How do you show as opposed to tell? How do you spread out the descriptions? What's really important and how to focus down on that? The biggest part of showing is keeping the descriptions short, keeping them focused on what's important to the story, and in general, keeping it spread out and relevant. To start getting into how to actually show in a description as opposed to telling, let's think about it this way. When you're selling a car and a potential buyer is asking about it, you're going to list out all of the descriptions. You're going to tell them what color it is, what model it is, what year it is, any possible issues with it running smoothly, anything like that, how new the tires are, what the brake condition is, anything like that. That's telling. To show, on the other hand, is to let that potential buyer get behind the wheel and actually see what color the car is, see what model it is, find out how exactly it handles on the road, find out how well those brakes work. And that's the type of difference that you're looking to add into your story. You want to keep the descriptions relatively short. You don't want to be throwing all that information up front because then it gets to where you're just listing out those details. But when that potential buyer gets into that car, they're not seeing everything up front. They'll see the color first thing. They'll see the type of car. Is it actually a car or is it a pickup truck or a van? They'll see the model, the make, that type of stuff. On a closer inspection, they may see that the tires are worn out. That there's some fluid leaking from under the engine. If they know much about cars, they may be able to tell the type of fluid. I certainly couldn't. Once they get in the car, they'll be able to tell, is it old and worn out, or is the condition good? Does the radio work? Do the windshield wipers work? Do the headlights work? When they start driving it, does it accelerate quickly? Does it brake very well? Does it squeal? Anything like that. But it's not all up front. It's only as they use it, as they get more familiar with it. So that's what you want to be able to keep in the book is that continued description with short little details spaced here and there throughout. You want the reader to be able to learn these details as they happen. You don't want to list them up front and tell them what is happening. Let the reader find out themselves. One of the ways you can do this is by focusing on the action over the dialogue. You can have a character in your book 
give this information through dialogue, through a speech, talking to another character, something of that sort. But it's more impactful to the reader when they're finding it out through the action that is accompanying this object. Such as, with the car, your character gets in it to go drive, and you don't need to list out that the brakes are poor quality. You can have the character drive the car and realize that the brakes squeal, and when they got up to a higher speed and they tried to brake, it skidded out of control and they almost crashed. That is much more impactful than just letting the reader know, oh yeah, the brakes aren't the best anymore. That is the difference between showing and telling. That's kind of the gist of how to show. And to get farther into that, when do you show? Part of this is the interaction, as I was talking about earlier with that car. The character is driving the vehicle. They are finding this out themselves. They are learning right there along with the reader. You don't have everything put up front. The reader doesn't need to know everything. You can let the character be their guide for finding this stuff out. So it works out really well when you let the reader discover along with the character. You also want to keep in mind how important this information is to the plot. Is it really very important that the brakes don't work as well? Well, part of that's going to depend on how poorly those brakes are working. If they don't work at all, it can be very important to the plot. Because then your character is suddenly speeding 65 miles an hour down the freeway with no way to stop. On the other hand, if they just give off a little annoying squeal, it may not have any bearing on the story at all. And so that may be something you don't actually need to show. It could come up as a minor annoyance somewhere, but it's not anything important. It does not need to be put out there up front as something that's going to impact the story. It can be used as foreshadowing, though. So if it's something that's going to come up later, say you don't want your character barreling down in an uncontrollable vehicle right now, but they will later, well, you can mention that the brakes were squealing, they were annoying, they weren't working properly, and then in the critical scene, they failed. He presses on the brakes, and nothing happens. The car does not slow down. You can use that extra little bit of information in there that it seems unimportant at the time. But through that action, it becomes a bigger part of the story. And that's another reason that it's important to keep it part of the action. If you list it up front, if they're told in the very beginning that the brakes don't work too well, it's not going to be very impactful to the reader when the brakes don't work. But if the character isn't told, if they're finding out on their own, it may seem to the reader just a minor annoyance. Okay, the brakes are squealing, they're a little rough. Until they fail. Then it becomes an issue. So you can use these extra details to foreshadow what is going to happen, but you still don't need to list them out. It can still be as a part of the narrative, as a part of the action. You can also use the same techniques for world building, just slowly layering in the details, here and there, spacing them out, 
don't list it all up front, the reader doesn't need to know it all up front. You still put those details in there, and suddenly you've built this big picture of the world around you, of the world that your story is taking place in. If you try to put all of that detail up front, it's going to bog down the reader, and it's going to be difficult to read through and continue going. You're going to bore the reader. They're not going to want to finish your story. But if you space that out, then slowly, step by step, stroke by stroke, you are painting the reader a picture of the world of your story. And by the end of the story, without them having realized that you're throwing all this detail in there, they have a very clear picture of what the setting for your story is like. So not only are you wanting to just show what's important to the story in terms of objects or characters, you're also showing what is important to the world of the story. And you do need to be careful and not bog down the reader with the descriptions, because too much description breaks up the flow of the story. So getting into the what to show. What is the object? How is it unique? What makes it stand out? from other similar objects. How is it important to the narrative of the story? How is it important to your plot? And how does it affect the interaction between characters or between the character in the world or the character in another object? Or is it affected by some other interaction? Those are the types of things you want to show the reader. If you leave that out, an object becomes just another piece of background scenery. A character becomes just another face in the crowd. You want to be able to add that description in to show what makes that thing special. What makes the subject important? What makes it need to be a part of your story? But you do want to keep it as needed. You can cut out all the extra details. It doesn't matter if my character has shoulder-length hair. That plays absolutely no part in a story, so I can cut that detail. On the other hand, maybe your story, it does make a difference, character's hair length. But just keep in mind what is important to that story, and you can cut out details that aren't important. You also need to be sparing with your adjectives. It can be very easy to add too much detail just by throwing on a few extra words. The reader isn't going to care about an old, blue, rusty car. It may be important to the story, but if you're listing it all up at front, using too many adjectives, the reader isn't going to have any one thing to focus on, to grasp as a good detail for that object. So you want to be sparing with the adjectives. You want to Sprinkle them in lightly as a seasoning, not overwhelm the reader with too much. On the other hand, they can also be used for poetics. And this is where you can get into, you can get away with using a few extra adjectives at times. You can use the repetitive adjectives or extra adjectives to be able to build on something. You can use them to help build the world while showing 
that maybe that stuff around isn't very important because it's all described in the same way and nothing particularly stands out. So it's well described and you're showing off what could potentially be something great. But you're also bringing to light that at least from whatever character's perspective you're following, it's not really important. By adding kind of the poetics to the story, you can completely change the tone. And that's getting a little more into detail and a little away from the showing versus telling, but it is something to keep in mind as you're writing. That not only can you use details to show the world around you, you can use those same details to show what is really important in the world around. You also want to be spreading out these details. You don't want to overwhelm the reader. And I know I've hit on this before. It's that important. Separate the details. Don't describe something all at once up front. Let the characters learn. Let the character be the one to find out this information. And through the character, you let the reader learn. You let the reader find this information out firsthand. You're not giving it to them. You're not just handing out this information. You're not spreading all the details out before them. You are letting them learn with the character. You're giving them that impact, that same impact it has on your character. It's getting passed on to the reader by letting them find out firsthand. Let them be the ones to discover what this object is like, what that person is like. You can use repetition. When you're reintroducing a character or an object, a little bit of repetition can go a long way. It can set the tone that it's the same object, and your reader can go, aha, I remember that from four chapters ago. You mentioned it. But too much repetition will pull a reader away from the story. It makes it hard to distinguish between different objects, whether you're using the same words repetitively, or even if you're just using the same manner of description repetitively. It can make everything start flowing together and difficult to separate for the reader. So be careful using repetition. It can be used, and very effectively, but you don't want to overuse it. That also gets into the pacing of the story. Are you bogging the reader down with descriptions? Are you spending more time describing an object than you are using that object? Going back to my car analogy, if that car is only in one paragraph, and it's never seen the rest of the book. I don't need to describe it. I may not even need to give the color of the car out. Use an appropriate amount of description. If that car is an important factor in the story, then yes, I'm going to slowly add that description in there. You don't want to spend more time on the description than you do actually talking about the action of what's going on with or around the subject. It halts the flow of the narrative, it makes it difficult to continue reading, and it just pulls your reader out of the story. You can also have issues from too few descriptions. It can make the objects not stand apart. There's nothing there to distinguish them. 
whether it's an object or a character, if you don't have enough description, the reader's not going to be able to tell them apart. Now, I've got an excerpt from a short story I've written, and it was written a while ago. And this is essentially a first draft. So I'm going to go through the story and then do a little bit of critique on it so you can see what is working and what isn't working in this piece as far as descriptions go, as far as the showing and not telling. The sun had finished its climb and journeyed to its set when I opened the highest room in the keep. A table stood, solid as the day it was built, within the center of the magnificent hall. Lining it were chairs of the finest craftsmanship, untouched but by dust. Fine swords stood on display, blades gleaming in the evening light. Treasures lined the walls, armor, tapestries, chests filled with coin, and so much more. None of this, however, is what drew me in. I had eyes only for the tome. It lay closed upon the table, as if to remain unnoticed by its plainness, shy of the resplendence that surrounded it. Its cover was a plain leather, soft and smooth to the touch, well-worn and at odds with the wealth covering the rest of the room. It would be the fault of no man or woman to dismiss it as unimportant, as misplaced. No plainness did I see, however, as the yellowed paper within its binding called to me, a sweet resonance of long use. Now there is a lot of information and description in that one. So let's break this apart and see what was done right and what was done wrong. First, we have a lot of irrelevant details. Some of it is used for world building, creating a setting, kind of building on what is in that location. We've got a lot of setting the scene. We know that it's in a castle, that it's a very richly decorated castle that is empty. There's not really a lot of foreshadowing in there. And then as far as the focus details, there's some that sets the book apart from its surroundings. We know that the book itself is fairly plain while everything around it is very richly decorated. It adds that contrast. It's showing how that main object, the book, stands out, and that gives it an importance. There's the characterization in there. The descriptions show what he's looking for, what is important to that character and potentially gives a chance for character growth or development. But overall, everything is intricately described. It detracts from the focus of the story. It holds back the narrative. There is too much description there. It shows everything around but as far as what happens in those few paragraphs, essentially, the character finds a book. There is a lot of extra details. There are some details that could have been kept in, but the method they were added does a lot of telling without showing. So for 
a second piece I've written will show something a little bit better. Yerevan followed the tracks, easy enough to find now that he knew their number, and had been steadily gaining on those he pursued. Elia would not become a slave, not while he still held breath. The first night in the open had been cold enough to kill the unprepared, but fortune was with him. Snow had fallen overnight, and the tracks were fresh when he picked them up. It wouldn't be long. He would have Elia back. Crisp footprints turned to a sludge of mud and broken leaves as he entered the forest. He could see the scuffs against the ground where a careless step had been taken. Leaves pressed down into the earth showed footsteps. A fresh scrape in the moss on a tree root pointed direction. He was close. He needed to slow his pace, though, as the forest was dark enough now that the sun was setting that he would pass by his quarry were he not careful. Tomorrow it would have to be then. Elia would be back to him soon. Already a plan formed in his mind. Half a day's walk and the gentle swell of the ground would raise into a jagged maze of hills. The trees would hide his movements, and he could overtake the group of kidnappers giving him ample chance to lay an ambush. One against three made for poor odds, but surprise would even the numbers against him. And here we can see the description leads from the character's interaction, whether the main character's interaction or those he's following. We can see that as he's going into the woodlands, the ground changes. The crisp footprints in the snow are turning into a sludge of mud and broken leaves. So you can tell that while it was cold enough to snow, now that the sun is up, it's warm enough that some of that is melting. It gives you that description without coming out and saying it. You can see where the other characters he's following have interacted with the environment. And it shows there's the careless scuffs. There's leaves pressed into the earth. You can see that there's leaves covering the ground. A fresh scrape in the moss on a tree root. You can tell that it's an old forest. There's moss all over the place. The forest is dictating the character's actions. He has to slow down because it's getting dark. The sun is setting. So then he's planning. The description of the terrain is shown in this character's planning. He's not idly describing it. He is directly making a strategy based off of this information. It comes up not just because it's there. He's not just sitting there describing the terrain to the audience. But it's coming up because it has importance. And while it may not be affecting the action right there, it will be affecting the action later on. So in the end... A lot of it is about finding balance. People are going to have different writing styles. You are going to be writing to different audiences. There really isn't any one-size-fits-all style. Sometimes you need a little more description. Sometimes you can keep it much more direct and focused. There isn't really one catch-all, this is the way to do it. But it's something important to remember that if you're adding too much detail or you're sitting there telling about the detail, you're not furthering the plot. 
and the plot is what the reader is there for. You want to work to make your writing directive and focused. Thank you for listening to The Life of an Author. This is David Patton, and I'll see you next week.